Welcome to the webinar. My name is John Mayfield, the Real Estate Tech Guy, and I'm going to do a kind of a crash prep course for those of you who might be getting ready to take their real estate exam. So what we're going to do on this live YouTube streaming is I'm going to go through all of the chapters in the book that I've written for Global Real Estate School. And at the end of each chapter, I have what are called some digital flashcards. And I'm going to pick out uh, terms, even though all of the flashcards are there, I'm going to pick out, if I was helping you prepare to take the test tomorrow or in two days, which terms would I want you to really know? Because vocabulary is a huge part of passing the examination. And so I'm just going to go through the book. We're going to just have fun for the next 30 or 40 minutes. and pick out some of the definitions and, and reiterate to you what the definition is, how you can remember it so that you can pass the real estate exam, okay? So I'm starting in chapter one, and my chapter one actually begins with real property, personal property, real estate, chapters one and two. And so um, there's a word that is good for you to know and it is called an appurtenance, an appurtenance, A-P-P-U-R-T-E-N-A-N-C-E, -E, an appurtenance. And, you know, what is an appurtenance? I've got my information here below, and I'm just going to try to put this to you, to you in layman's terms so you can understand this. But... Um, an appurtenance is a right or a privilege that attaches and passes with the property. So if you have, if you're leasing a prop property, that's an appurtenance. You know, there's a right there that passes with that. As we talk about in chapter 16, the sale of a property normally in most cases does not terminate a lease. So, but an easement would be an appurtenance mineral rights. So you need to remember that anytime you see the word appurtenance, it is a privilege or a right, could even be an improvement to the real estate that passes along as actual property, actually part of the property when something is sold. So normally a deed um, is going to have some verbiage that could say together with all appurtenances. So in other words, it's, it specifies, it's specifying or stating that if there are any appurtenances, improvements that are on the real estate or rights or privileges that have been made, those would go along with the property. So an appurtenance, just remember, the right privilege and improvement that passes with the real estate when it's sold, okay? Now, we have the definition of land, the definition of land. And, you know, in normal conversation, we typically think of the words land, real estate, and real property synonymously. In other words, you know, I'm going to sell you my real estate, or I have 10 acres of land for sale. 
uh, we kind of wonder or think that all of those definitions mean the same. And although they do mean the same thing, as we discuss real estate or land in a normal day-to-day -day conversation, for the real estate exam, land, real estate, and real property all mean something different, okay? So on the real estate exam, if you were to see the word land, land means, here's what you need to know for the exam, it means natural items attached to the property, the land, is the natural items, rocks, trees, bushes, think natural, and it, it goes to the center of the earth to infinity, okay, <laughs> to the heavens. I had someone uh, one time was upset because I used the word heavens, but uh, many, many textbooks use that. It, what, we, what we're really meaning is it goes out into infinity. So if you own a 100 by 150 lot, you actually own that 100 by 150 lot to the center of the earth and outward to infinity. That's why when airports expand, a lot of times they have to buy the air rights. Why? Close to the air, properties that are close to the airport. Because you own that land, and if they're flying planes over your land within a certain distance uh, of the airport, then they have to purchase those air rights or purchase your property so that they now own the air rights and they also could own the, uh, the, the mineral rights and, and the earth below that parcel to the center of the earth. So, just think land equals natural. The term real estate equals natural plus man-made improvements. So we're thinking in terms of your house or garage or barn or a fence, man-made improvements. Not only includes the natural items like the trees and rocks and soil, but any man-made items. And then real property takes both of those definitions and it also incorporates what we call your bundle of legal rights. The right to take a loan out, the right to give your property away, the right to sell your property, the right to lease your property. Those are all called your bundle of legal rights, okay? So very easy for the exam. Don't make this too complicated. Land, natural. Real estate, natural, man-made. Real property, natural, man-made, and your bundle of legal rights, okay? Now, you know, as I just kind of alluded to, that when you buy a parcel of property, you buy to the center of the earth to infinity, or out to the heavens, or up, upward in the sky. <laughs> Um, you can sell your rights, even, so your rights, think about this, your rights, and I'm doing because the earth is round, your 100 by 150 lot goes to the center of the earth right here, and then out to infinity. Now, you can actually sell your rights horizontally. So in other words, if you want to sell your mineral rights, or if you want to sell the rights below the surface, you can do that. You can sell the rights above the surface. That's why a parcel of property next to the ocean can be so expensive. 
because they can put a condominium complex there and they can sell off blocks of air as air rights. Because when you buy that parcel of property on the ocean, you buy to the center of the earth to infinity. And you can also sell the rights horizontally. In my area right here, there, there's a lot of mine, mining. Uh, they used to do a lot of mining here. So the, the mining company came in originally, purchased all of the land. They didn't have any use for the air rights or the surface rights. They just wanted the mineral rights. So the mining company came in, bought up all the land in this area, and then when they, and they started mining. Well, they just turned around and said, look, we'll just sell the, the surface rights and let those people have the surface and air rights. We don't need that. So they probably sold all of the surface rights and collected enough money to pay back what they paid for that land in the first place and recouped all of their initial investment. And then they kept, when they sold that property, they kept the mineral rights. So a lot of the people in my area, when they purchase property, they do not get mineral rights. They're only getting surface and air rights. But in most parts of the United States, you're going to get, you're going to get the mineral rights, the surface and the air rights. And keep in mind, you can sell those horizontally. You can sell your mineral rights, you could sell your surface, and you can sell the air rights, okay? And hopefully that makes sense. But you need to know the definitions of land, natural items, good job, real estate, natural items, plus the man-made items, and real property, which is natural, man-made, and those bundle of legal rights. Remember, when you buy real estate, you have a bunch of rights that go along with it. You can lease it, you can sell it, you can give it away, you can will it to someone, you can take a loan out on it. There are lots of rights you have. And so the, the definition of real property brings all of those together. Now, there's two other definitions, but I told you I wanna kinda keep these um, on items you might see on the test. And I'm thinking, this one I can't remember. Um, but let's just go over them anyway. There's what we call the feudal ownership system and the alloidio ownership system. Feudal is when the king owned all of the property and the king then would lease it back to people, our ancestors, okay? Alloidio is what we have in America. It's the right for you and I to own real estate. Here's how I remember it. It's real easy. Alloidio system, A for Alloidio, A for America. Feudio is king. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K. Well, Feudio's closer to the K, right? King. <laughs> but if you can remember, um, Alloidio, America, A and A. And then if you see Feudio, you know that's where the king owned all the property. Well, good job. Let's go on to chapter two where I talk more about personal property. The term chattel, C-H-A-T-T-L-E, chattel, that is personal property. 
It's an item of tangible personal property. Personal property is anything that's immovable. You might see some questions on the exam that really want you to distinguish between something, is it personal property or is it a fixture? Personal property is immovable. Your furniture, refrigerator, your washer dryer, those are all personal property. A fixture is an item that's been so attached to the property that now it's actually a part of the real estate. Curtain rods. Um, you know, think about um, a built-in range or a built-in dishwasher. One time they were personal property, but they've been so attached to the property that now they are called fixtures and they're a part of the real estate. Fixtures stay with the property. So you might see questions that ask you, is this item personal or is it real? You know, is it, is it personal property or is it a fixture? Pardon me. A fixture is, has been so attached to the property that it's now part of the real estate. So you really have to look into the questions. Don't try to draw too much in to what they're asking you. Just answer it. And if you say, hey, that's been attached with screws or bolts or nuts or something like that, then it's a fixture and it stays with the property. There's a test as to determine whether or not an item is a fixture or not. And we use the acronym. Remember an acronym? We talked about that the other day on my live streaming when I was out by the koi pond. And my daughter said, hey, Dad, don't do that out by the pond. People are trying to study and that's too distracting. And I apologize. I thought it might be fun to be out by the koi pond. But I talked at the koi pond. I want to stay focused on the material. I talked at the koi pond about the acronym for a fiduciary obligation. Fiduciary. It's called COLD. C-O-A-L-D. Care, obedience, accounting, loyalty, and disclosure. So an acronym is a word, and we take each letter in the word, and each letter makes another word that you can remember all of the stuff that you have to know for the exam. So another acronym to determine, the courts will use to determine whether an item is a fixture or not, is called MADE, M-A-I-D, MADE. Method of attachment, how was that attached? The adaptation of the article. In other words, you know, a big water fountain, you know, the adaptation, it, it's a big water fountain out in the middle of a circle driveway looks like it should be there. And even though it's movable and there's nothing holding it down, because of the way it adapts to the property, it would have to almost really be considered, or the courts would look at it, to consider that a part of personal property. So we've got method of attachment. How is it attached? If it's screws and bolts and, you know, things that have been affixed, hey, it's, it's a fixture, okay? How is it attached? If it wasn't attached with anything, it's 
then it's probably personal property. That's the, this is how the court will determine. So method of attachment, how did it adapt to the real estate? Then the intention of the parties. And then D, did an agreement exist? Was there something on the contract? So that's what they're going to look at. The method of, ad, of, of annexation, how was it attached? Adaptation of the article, the intention of the parties, and did an agreement exist? It's going to go back here to uh, intention of the parties um, and talk about that. But just if you can remember made, you'll be in good shape. So a couple of other definitions, and you could see, see this. What is an implement? Implement. An implement is a growing crop, also sometimes called something, <laughs> I'm not even going to uh, tip, uh, fructuous industrialist. Uh, anyway, F-R-U-C-T-U-S, the YouTube trolls will come after me here, industrialis, fructuous industrialis. They took phonics out of school when I was a kid. But grapes, blueberries, uh, anything that's annually being cultivated, crop, you know, corn or wheat or soybeans, we have a lot of that going on here now in my area. And if you sold that farm and a farmer had leased his land to someone else to plant beans or corn, that's considered personal property. Okay, so the, the tenant, if I'm selling my farm and I have 600 acres and I had leased my 600 acres to a farmer friend to plant corn, if I sell my farm, the corn that's in the fields being ready to be harvested right now is considered personal property. So the new owner cannot take possession of that. It's going to remain with a tenant that I leased it to. So implements are called growing crops, uh, fructuous, industrialis, something like that. <laughs> um, that. Those are annual growing crops and they are personal property. Now a trade fixture, you will probably see this on the exam. A trade fixture is something that was installed by the tenant. Think of a, in our area, we have a, we have a bunch of quick trips, QTs. You might think, I, other things I'm thinking that are out there, is it Roadrunner, um, you know, a mobile service station, any kind of, uh, any, any, business that is leased. A lot of fast food restaurants, believe it or not, they lease those um, businesses. There, there's an investor who owns that building and owns the, uh, the land and, and leases a long-term lease to the fast food restaurant. Well, the fast food restaurant installs trade fixtures, ovens, ranges, uh, booths at Quick Trip or the gas the gas stations are going to install gas pumps and 
soda fountains and coolers and you know all of that all of those items those are considered trade fixtures and they belong to the tenant okay so when the lease is up the tenant can take the trade fixtures with them now if the tenant fails to remove the trade fixtures prior to the expiration of the lease, then the landlord gets to keep those trade fixtures, okay? And that process of the, the landlord or the owner keeping those trade fixtures is called a session, okay? A session. Um, or pardon me, not a session, that is called, um, I thought I had that here, but that's a session is, we'll talk about that here in a second. But um, yeah, it is called a session. Um, I was thinking of something else, but it is called a session. So, all right. So a session is the acquisition of title um, such as a tenant failing to remove their properties before the expiration of the lease, okay? So again, here's what, here's what you need to know for the exam. You see a question and they're trying to get you to apply this question to the material. And the question is a is about a person or more than one individual or a company who has installed equipment or other items to run their business. Can the tenant, the person leasing it, remove those trade fixtures from the property? And the answer is, Yes, provided that they move those when? Before the expiration of the lease, okay? If they do not remove the trade fixtures prior to the expiration of the lease, who gets to keep those trade fixtures? Good job. The owner or the landlord and that process of acquiring those is what we call a session through a session. So that gets you through chapters one and two for some definitions. Let's do one more chapter. That'll take us up to close to 30 minutes and I think that would be good for us to do. They're calling for some severe thunderstorms in my area. And uh, so if for some reason the power goes out, you'll know what happened, but Let's do one more, pardon me, while I take a drink of water. So in chapter three, my chapter three at globalrealestateschool.com, uh, I created my own test textbook and I tried to strip or pull as much of the stuff out of there as I could just to give you the basic information you need to know, but still give you enough to help you understand and learn the material and be able to apply it to questions. Uh, my, my book, Chapter 3, is called Estates and Land. And 
we talk about in estates and land um, the different types of estate when you buy real estate. So when you normally buy a parcel of property, and let's just say it's a pure, clean, normal purchase of a parcel of real estate, you acquire what is called fee simple, F-E-E, -E, fee simple title. That is the best type of title you can get, okay? It's the best type of, of um, estate that one can possess when you possess real estate. Freely transferable, freely inheritable. In other words, you can leave it to your heirs and it's just perfect. It's pure, it's the best, highest form of ownership. Fee simple. There are properties that you could purchase that have what we call a defeasible fee or a fee simple defeasible. There are actually um, a couple of types of these. Um, a defeasible fee, um, this actually is subject to something, an event happening. In other words, if I granted you property and I said there could never ever be any businesses operated on this property, that could be a, a fee simple defeasible or a fee defeasible or well, it is a fee simple defeasible. It's a defe fee defeasible. But there are two types of these. One, there's an automatic reversion, and the other, you have to go to court. And you probably won't see that type of detail on the exam, so don't worry about that. What I want you to understand and know is that a fee simple defeasible means there's some kind of limitation to the title. Remember, the purest best type of ownership we have is what? Fee simple. It's pure, it's absolute, there's freely transferable, you can freely, easily leave it to someone in your will. But a fee simple defeasible or defeasible fee or sometimes called a condition subsequent that's why you need to down, that's why you need to go to globalrealestateschool.com and get the flashcards if you are not in our school, the digital flashcards. Just think in terms of this. There's some type of stipulation. Can never sell liquor on the property, can never operate a business. It's funny, I went to school at Cape Girardeau, and I remember I got my license in 1978 at the age of 18. And so I knew about fee, fee Simple to Feasible because I had gone back and got my broker's license. And it was right before I started teaching real estate school, believe it or not. But I remember that um, back in the day in college, our business law inst instructor, professor, was telling us about the girls' dormitory. And that land, he said, was given to the school as a fee simple defeasible. And here's what the, the 
grantors, the people who own the real estate, who remember when they had it, it was fee simple, pure, easily transferable, easily inheritable, no, nothing obstructing it. But when they gave it, one of those bundle of legal rights, remember, when they gave it to the Southeast Missouri State University, and this is according to my professor, the, the owner said, you can have it so long as it's used as a business school. The land, had, they had to build a business school there. Well, the university built a dormitory. I guess all the business teachers knew about it were ticked off. But that's an example of a fee simple defeasible. There's a condition. There's something that you can or cannot do, okay? And so fee simple defeasible. Um, there's some, some kind of a stipulation or restriction there. And there's, there's two of those. One's automatic reversion. One, you have to go to court. They're not going to ask you that on the test, so don't worry about that. Just understand, fee simple, absolute, best type of ownership you can have, fee simple, defeasible, or condition subsequent, there's a hiccup. There's a, there's a catch. You got to use it for a certain, you know, I like the word defeated, defeasible, defeated. In other words, that fee simple's been defeated. It's not pure anymore because there's some type of catch. So they defeated the pure feasible estate because it has a catch to it, okay? Now, we're going to talk about life estates, but I'm going to do that on the next broadcast because I really need to be drawing on my board to do that. So we are right at 29, almost 30 minutes right into the program for our crash course. I'm going to be doing these every day throughout this month. So you can download these. I'm going to put them also on my podcast. So number one, here's what I need you to do if you've been watching this. Thank you. I appreciate it. Give me a good positive review. I'm trying to build my YouTube channel. So subscribe. I'd love for you to subscribe to my YouTube channel. Subscribing is huge and I need that. Um, I'm way down at the bottom of the totem pole, but you can get in on the ground floor, okay? Because <laughs> we want to take it as high as we can go. So subscribe to that. Number two, go over to iTunes and search for Global Real Estate School. I'm on Podbean and iTunes. But if you go over to iTunes, you can find it there. And you can, um, from there, you can subscribe to our iTunes, give us a five-star review. But when you're in your car, you can listen to the podcast. And so if you're preparing and studying for the exam every day this month, I'm going to try, okay? I am flying to Mexico for a conference I'll be speaking at, but uh, we'll try to get it done. But listen in your car. We'll be talking about definitions. We'll be going through the entire book, and these will be great for you when you're exercising, when you're in your car, or just around the house. Throw your earphones in, and you can listen. And we'll all stay focused on the material. I like to have fun occasionally. You've got to have a little bit of fun. But I'm going to try to stay focused on the material and uh, we'll get through 
all of this information. So thanks for watching and or listening because I'm stripping the audio off to put on my podcast, but thank you so much. Please be sure and subscribe to us on YouTube. If you go to uh, just search for Global Real Estate School on YouTube. You'll find us there. Same way with iTunes. Give me a positive review, five-star review on iTunes. That would be huge as well. And, and subscribe to both of those channels as well. Thanks again. I hope you have a great day, and I appreciate you watching the podcast.